I'm Tyler, the Mad Angler Dennering. I'm Connery, glory to the Principality, Hanson. <laughs> no, to all the principalities, the principle of big, Zeon. The principle of Zeon, the principle of big robot, the principle of screaming as loud as you can. The principle Connery, of keeping the... children in an active battlefield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the principle of Zeon High, Hanson. <laughs> Where everybody in this movie basically should be, because uh, they're all teenagers. Well, we need child soldiers. Other. They're the next step in human evolution, Tyler. Yeah, the new types. Yeah, the AKA new types. AKA teenagers. <laughs> Fucking teens. It's more so... <laughs> It's more so a bunch of Federation teens fighting a bunch of, like, mustachioed, middle-aged lieutenants. Yeah, dude, they're the next generation, man. They gotta overthrow the old ways, dude. <laughs> Come so. on! This is, a, this is a franchise, a podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Sometimes we cover incredibly speedy blue echidnas. <laughs> Other times we cover uh, an Sonic TV isn't series. an echidna! I mean, uh, Hedgehog, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, not Sonic the Echidna. And we are recording this a little out of schedule just because of uh, time and such. But, uh, oh man, Sonic 2 really was everything we ever wanted, wasn't it? It was it's great. It's so true. Jim Carrey did such a good job on it, he felt like he didn't need to act anymore afterwards. <laughs> He's permanently retired. This was his own phantom thread. It's truly. He generously bowed out and was like, there's nothing more I, I, I have left to do. I, I've done it all. <laughs> I have nothing left to contribute to the art of acting after Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's just over now. But hey, sometimes we cover movie franchises about blue hedgehogs mm. in yellow foxes. Yes. And uh, other times we cover movies about giant mechs. Mm-hmm. Mobile suits, you could say. MS. Yes. Gundams. Gundams, Zakus, and so many new types that we see in this second installment in so Mobile true. Suit Gundam. It's Mobile Suit Gundam 2. Soldiers of Sorrow. Thank you. I should have just <laughs> let you do it. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, maybe I'll edit your voice out. <laughs> you have. <laughs> you should. You have the, uh, not if I sync them together, then oh! you'll be stuck with it. <laughs> I'll just edit out my whole track in this. That'd be good. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, do your thing. But here we are, no guests today. Um, it'll be sometimes it's better just to have no guest. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I mean it's about our friendship, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not about ugh, stupid guests. Other people, yes, we, <laughs> we hate friends on the franchise. <laughs> That's right. We, we always say it. We are not really friends. So when it's just the two of us talking on this show, it's it's not really the franchise. It's the enemy chise. <laughs> wow, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. <laughs> the fiend. Chise. I hate you. <laughs> uh, I think even the the uh, principality of Zeon and the Federation don't hate each other as much as we hate each other. They're like the Federation and the what's the separate separatists and the Republic people. They don't hate each other, but they have different ideas. I don't know. I think some of those battle droids really hate Yoda. <laughs> I don't think those battle droids have the capacity for hate in them. <laughs> they have, like, apathy, maybe they at have... most. <laughs> they have capacity for fear. Yeah, like, they fear the Jedi more than they hate them. <laughs> yeah. We're just uh, we're just amping up for our Star Wars uh, 
franchise coming up soon. Yeah, I'm so excited. I was like, what if Gundams could feel fear? But I'm like, no, that's just Neon Evangelion or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Something I haven't seen yet. But oh, you should. It's better Gundam. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Everything trippy. that it's built off of. In This is the OG. This is the original, I know. though. Yes, and sometimes originals can be approved upon. Nope, never. <laughs> never, no. It was good when it was first done. Nothing can ever be approved. I just saw Venom Let There Be Carnage. Oh. I think Venom 1's better. I mean, I believe you. I haven't seen Carnage yet. Are we doing what's well, new? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a great transition into what's new. Before we talk about the movie proper, we have to do our usual segment of what's new. <laughs> just any new media we've been consuming. May it be movies, anime, TV shows, books, comic books, video games. Video James. Religious pamphlets. Religious you call pamphlets. it. You name it. <laughs> Connery, what's new with you? I recently got into Mormonism. <laughs> okay. You're dabbling, no. dabbling in Mormonism? Cool. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not I drinking just, on Tuesdays. I'm I dabbling just, in Mormonism. I just had to dip into that religious pamphlet thing. But uh, what's new with me? I recently did the, did the thing where like I don't read co- my comics. I pick up every week for like a month and a half or something so i have this like giant stack you, you've probably seen it tyler when you come over to record like i have this like big stack on my coffee desk yeah yeah the coffee desk that never has coffee on it yeah the coffee t- <laughs> never has coffee, coffee on table it. yeah my coffee table the, thank you the orange juice desk you could the, say the orange juice table yes <laughs> but that and i read i recently read through them all so i was probably like a stack of like 30 comics or something <laughs> Are they all of just a variety of different? Oh yeah, it, 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 it's a variety of different ones. Like sometimes there's two of them. Like I'm really enjoying Donny Cates and Ryan Otley's Hulk a lot. I had two of those in there. A lot of different variety of Batman ones because DC only really pumps out Batman these days. <laughs> I feel like I know there are other good ones, but you know. Uh, what else was there? There's some uh, Radiant Black there that I really enjoy. There's some. A uh, bunch of other stuff. Sprinkle on too. Um, Thor as well. Always enjoy a good Thor. Venom's there. What was your, what was your favorite two? My favorite two was. Hmm. I really enjoyed the Venoms that I was reading. It's particularly the one by uh, ah, man. Shoot, what's his name? He, this the guy who wrote the the previous Hulk run. Uh, uh, is it Mark Wade? No, it's not Mark Wade. Uh. It's the it's the guy who who wrote Immortal Hulk. I should know this because I have some Immortal Hulk, but I know, yeah, and I should too because I, I like know. I love him. So Al much. Ewing, Al Ewing, thank you, uh, Al Ewing, and him and Rom V are writing, um, co-writing Venom basically. But you can tell when they trade off because they have their names on different ones. But Al Ewing really did this like crazy ass issue of introducing kind of the main villain of the Venom arc he's doing. Or they're doing, and I liked it a lot, a lot, a lot, because I always like his stuff. It's his just like he's really good at writing like almost like villain one-off issue kind of things. Like I love his issue in Immortal Hulk, where it's just about the leader. I think that one's like masterful and amazing because it's a character yeah. I knew nothing about, and then by the time it was over, I was like, I know everything about him. And he's so cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, I really enjoyed that. Who is the villain that Venom's going to go up against? <sighs> he's like a combination of Kang if he wore a symbiote suit. So he's like another King in Black, basically. He's building off Donny Cates and Ryan uh, Stegman's Venom run. So it's basically he's taking King in Blacks from different periods of time. So it's like the epitome of symbiote 
from different periods of time, and he's like this like creepy, scary main guy. I don't even think I know his name yet. I don't think he's introduced himself. He's just like a king in black is what he introduces himself as. But he's like a master of time, and he's like doing this like mega like time spanning game of being like you know sometimes I can't tell if like something happened that I already knew was going to happen like a future me did this so a present me would like set it up for me to deal with now and like the past me like set something else up so it's like he's almost like caught in his own like master web of plan where he's like but you know I'm a master of time and space so it'll all work out I'm sure meanwhile Venom's just like and then like wax him (laughs) yeah pretty much Venom Eddie Brock isn't even Venom anymore he's like a symbiote god in this and his kid Dylan now wears the Venom symbiote so that's been interesting um wow that's way more complex oh yeah complex web than I know about uh Venom (laughs) I should let you borrow my uh, Venom one sometime because that thing gets pretty pretty crazy, but in like a really fun way. So I really like that, and then I really like this uh, graphic novel I picked up. I wanted to pick it up in the single issues, but mm, excuse me, but they always would sell out because I think my comic store would pick up like two of them because you know it wasn't exactly super popular. But it was called the the Me You Love in the Dark, and that's by Scotty Young, and I forget the name of the uh, artist unfortunately because I'm a total dip. But Con- Connery Total Dip Hansen. Yeah, Connery Total Dip Hansen. But that one's really interesting too. It's like a scary romance ghost story with like a artist who travels to like the middle of this middle of nowhere town to kind of get her groove back because she's like, you know, famous artist, but now she kind of lost her touch a little bit. So now she's like in this haunted house and then she falls in love with this like not really ghost, more like otherworldly scary being. And they kind of end up having a romance and they talk about about time in the book, which I found really funny. <laughs> and they call it a modern classic. And I was like, good. Somebody else gets it. Ah, about time. One of your favorite movies. True. Not to be confused with in, in time. time. <laughs> Justin Timberlake vehicle. favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> the Justin Timberlake vehicle. Yes. But, you know, um, that one was really, really good. I was surprised. It kind of turns from, like, a love story to, like, her being trapped in the house and, like, a scary, possessive, abusive relationship kind of thing where the ghost won't let her go. And then, you know, she has uh, to deal with that. I was going to say, this sounds cool until you said that part. I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, that's, that's where the horror element comes in. Like, at first, it is really sweet. And then, like, you know, the ghost gets possessive and she has to deal with that. The Jorge Corona is the artist. Jorge Corona, yeah. He's very good. I liked his style a lot. He does this thing with like the record player that plays. And he does this like kind of like white line that almost looks like a snake with like little like I guess patterns kind of dented into it. I really, really liked that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool way to convey the music that was playing. Because it kind of just like wraps around everything in the room when it's going off. I was like, this is really, really cool. I like that a lot. And then the, he makes the monster really cool too. They're the big ghost. I was like, this is great. He's aces. But yeah. So that's Al Ewing's Venom run, current run. Yep. And, Al Ewing and uh, Rom V and uh, Brian Hitch is the artist for that for the for the Venom run. And neat. and then uh, what's it called? And the Me You Love in the Dark by uh, Scott Scotty Young and what was the name of the artist again? Tyler Jorge Corona. Jorge Corona, a very exceptional. Two really cool, different, layered books. <laughs> Tyler, what's new with you? Well, we did talk about Venom. I brought up Venom, and then you brought up Venom, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring up Venom again. Nice. Venom, let there be carnage. Sounds like we which, really want to do uh, Venom. <laughs> uh, I don't know anymore after watching this one. <laughs> no. Um, well, it, I mean, it wasn't all bad, but uh, yeah, I rented Venom, let there be carnage. I don't, I don't think it's available for streaming, mm. streaming right now. So it's like six dollars to rent. Okay. But uh, I liked the first Venom enough. I th- Lily, Lily really likes Venom. <laughs> she loves um, Venom. 
<laughs> she does. And she was even excited for Morbius. Uh, but we all know how that turned <laughs> Why out. Why was she excited for Morbius? <laughs> I don't know. She just likes like the extraness where it's just like, I think she... Like I, I think I need to watch some like early two thousands Marvel movies with her because mm. I think she'll like how like they're kind of crappy. Oh yeah. <laughs> in some ways, and that not all of them are. Like I know, like there's some like I like Ang Lee's Hulk mm. and uh, Daredevil's director cut has some fans and stuff like that mm-hmm. for sure. But um, there's there's quite a few bad ones. <laughs> yes. So maybe I should watch like the original Fantastic Four <laughs> movies with her. Yeah, I was good. I was just thinking about saying maybe she'd like the original Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even Ghost Rider. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ghost Rider. I was feeling like watching Ghost Rider the other day. Mm. I don't know why. But anyways, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, so, yes. I, I like the first half a lot where it's basically just Tom, uh, Tom Hardy is uh, Eddie Brock mm. and Tom Hardy is Venom. <laughs> <laughs> he voices both characters. So it's basically like a like a buddy movie mm. um, where they're just like... Uh, acting off of each other but i mean it's really just tom hardy talking to his own voiceover yeah he's just bouncing <laughs> off himself and it's really convincing i mean he does that in the first one but he, they just really ratcheted up in this this in the sequel um and uh yeah i don't know it's great it's like wow tom hardy's a really great actor nice. they're really funny and then like spoiler alert they get angry at each other they <laughs> kind of like split up um so venom tries to go and like inhabit other people's bodies but none of them can really handle mm. the symbiote yeah um so they so he they eventually like reunite or whatever but like venom goes on his little adventure his own little adventure <laughs> and like goes to a rave and like it's just like like finding himself <laughs> among society and everything and like all that stuff is really great uh i really loved all that so but all the villain stuff in this movie i didn't really uh care for too much like woody harrelson plays carnage mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I don't know, if you know, like, Spider-Man comics or media or anything, like, you know how, like, Carnage, how intense he is. Yeah, he and just says, call people, calls people daddy a lot. Does he call people daddy a he lot? He does call people daddy a lot. Oh, well, that's cool, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but he's a serial killer and um, just a very, like, formidable enemy. And like, they do they do get that across in this movie, for sure. And it's pretty violent for, like, PG-13, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. I just thought Woody Harrelson could have done more. Like he kind of just is there, and like he's acting, but it's not like I don't know. I wanted him to be total, totally unhinged. I guess you want you wanted total carnage. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, there's certain moments where it reminds me of like his performance in Natural Born Killers, mm. where he plays another, um, Murderer. I guess, serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he never gets that unhinged, and mm. his hair was way funnier in the. <laughs> In post credit sequence. <laughs> yeah, he just had a big perm. He wears a big Guy Fieri shirt in this. Okay. Uh, flame shirt. But uh, it's not even really, I'm not blaming him on the whole thing. It's just, it, it, like, in the first movie, there's um, Venom's facing off against Riot, who's another symbiote mm-hmm. kind of character. In this one, Venom's facing off against Carnage. Um, but also Shriek, and at least Shriek isn't, like, a symbiote character. She has, like... You know, screamy abilities. Yeah, they're weak to Sonic, so it makes it more scary. Yeah, which is pretty good mm-hmm. uh, for for yeah, an enemy of like Venom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just got to the point in the end where it's just very like goopy CG. Like it was not even that the CG looked bad. It was just more so like, all right, here's two big goopy things fighting each other in a church, and it's just like not that engaging. Um, so. I don't know. The movie really sings when it's just Tom Hardy working off of himself. It was just really funny and kind of like 
uh, endearing. Yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> that's, that's... but the, the last, the third act, last third or whatever, when like the big fight's happening, it's kind of it just kind of falls off. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of bored now. Maybe they'll go more um, human in the what's it called third one, or do you think they'll get a third one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just because um, this movie made good money too. Yeah, and I guess Morbius flopped, so they're gonna probably wanna, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> stick to their cash cow venom yeah they're trying to do all the sinister six stuff and it's just, uh, i don't know they're trying really hard oh boy they should let that go <laughs> but uh yeah so i don't know watch the first half of venom let there be carnage <laughs> uh witty harrelson does say let there be carnage in the movie oh. which i always love when people do that good um but lily lily's uh comment on it was that like there's this part where they're like on a motorcycle or Eddie Brock is like on a motorcycle and he kind of just is like, he's just kind of despondent and he, Oh, because his, uh, ex fiance is like engaged to someone else now. Oh, again. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, Oh, what's the point? Everything. And he keeps like driving towards trucks, but venom keeps like pulling him over to the side. So he doesn't get hit by a truck. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and all, there's just like all this interior drama with these characters. Yeah. And, Lily's like, see, this is what I like a lot more than like, like there's a lot more just like actual personal engagement. Mm -hmm. Like you actually care about the character a lot more than say like most Marvel movies. Yeah, like Eddie's a person and not like, what's his name? I'm, I don't know Steve Rogers. I know Captain America. Whereas I know Eddie Brock and I know Venom in Venom movies. Yeah. I mean, even Steve Rogers is a better, like, uh, I would say maybe like Steve Rogers is like the third or fourth most explored character in the MCU. Yeah. Just because. First most being probably, what's his name? Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark. Maybe two at this point. Like up there is Wanda just because mm -hmm. of. Uh, yeah. She got her Wanda whole Vision, series. Yeah. And which I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I guess they're getting better at it, especially with the miniseries and stuff. It's, it's allowing more room for detail and yeah. stuff. But there's just so many. MCU movies that are just like or fighting or there's so many characters that you can't get into detail with anybody really or when they try with the Winter Soldier I'm just like uh, I still don't care about this guy <laughs> like, this is... some but, characters just don't have that magnetism I suppose but that's what was nice and that's what I kind of like like about like uh, it's not off-brand superhero movies because they're obviously like Marvel properties yeah. but it's uh, it's under a different vein it's... so I just like to see a different palette and look and everything it's so. a new banner it's not like the same kind of like cookie cutter thing we see again and again i think that's why i'm excited to watch moon knight because they keep saying that's not gonna be part of like the mcu kind of thing so i'm like uh, it's a room I to explore it's, it's part of the mcu it's just uh i don't think there's any crossover oh oh i, th I thought they were just kind of like, it's its own thing we're not touching it with anything oh i could be wrong mm. i don't know i I'd, I'd prefer but... honestly if it just had nothing to do with anything <laughs> yeah i watched the first episode and it's a lot more violent than uh than uh, like usual Marvel stuff, okay. like MCU stuff. There's like actual blood and like violence and, and everything. Oh, and, wow. Um, which I don't mind, but it's just like, it makes me put in consideration. It's like, okay, this is on Disney Plus, and yet they have to cover up uh, the mermaid's like butt <laughs> in with digital hair and splash. And, and they and have they to have delete to... blood in Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, they did. They literally like, erased blood out of a couple Captain America Winter Soldier scenes. They had to... Yeah, and they cut out like part of the 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 sex scene in Avatar. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, they it's like not cut even down sex. on it. I know it's just, like weird tendril thing. Yeah, it's just like so. There's Disney, like this is making me kind of horny. Censor it, Disney. You uh, you with all your Bob Chapek stuff right now. You're you fucking up. Next thing you know, they're gonna edit the Goofy movie, Roxanne or something. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna go back and edit the Goofy movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
What's like the most offensive thing in that movie? Uh, uh, the hot tub little... scene where no. Pete confronts little... Goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little masterpiece. No, they'll cut out how good the pizza looks. Oh, right, yeah. The cheesy pizza. Maybe the disgusting like... man with cheese whiz. Like Maybe they they'll cut like... how gooey it looks. <laughs> they'll be like, this pizza looks too erotic. It looks too good. It really does. That pizza... <laughs> I think that gave me my love for like round table pizza because like eating that fresh the cheese would look really goopy like that and I would be like goofy yeah. movie cheese. What else could a kid want? Exactly, yeah. What else could anybody want? It's true. Goofy movie pizza. <laughs> goofy movie eggs, perhaps. Um, so uh, yeah, sorry to all you anime heads out there. I don't have any uh, actual anime. What's news right now? Neither did but, I. Uh, it's fine. I'll, I'll get better. I'll do it next okay. time. Maybe uh, JoJo. Uh, probably not. No. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I can't watch like a whole season of TV before the next episode. I mean, th- the newest one's only eight episodes. Um, 20 minutes a pop. Yeah. Should I do one more What's New or should we move on? Eh, do whatever you want, man. We got time. But anyways, that's what's new with me. Wonderful. Uh, but however, we do need to check in with what's new with Amaro and... <sighs> The uh, char the crew of and char and the crew of white base. Oh, white base full of rememberable characters like purple hair guy and three children and babysitter of children. And of course, who could forget man? <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot his name. Is it bright? The it is, it is bright. You're right. It's bright. Okay, okay. Because I'm like, that sounds like it, but that also sounds like too. Like not like too simple on the nose but, for bright being the leader of white base. Uh, I guess so. Bright um, white light. <laughs> Connor, you just you sound so excited to talk about Gundam. <sighs> you know, it's really I've been learning it's really not for me. <laughs> like I, I, I've not been really enjoying my time in the Gundam universe, unfortunately. What do you? Why? You know, I'm not a big fan of the art. Like, sometimes it is really beautiful to look at, and then other times it looks really really boring. And I, I honestly fell asleep like four times during this movie. I had to like wake up and like rewind and then like I would fall asleep again. I was watching in like the middle of the day too. So I was like, I just was not engaged with this in like any way, shape or form. Maybe you uh, go to a doctor or something. <laughs> I, I was just super bored. I just didn't like it. But wow. uh, what else? Like my mind was like, you can do something better than this. How about sleeping? I was like, okay. But I don't know. I just the plot isn't that engaging to me or fun. I know it's about like a big space war and that should be like my jam, but it's not. I your space think, jam. Yeah, it's my space jam. I think Amaro is really annoying. I think the three <laughs> kids annoying. are weird. Like Char is cool, but he's barely there. Yeah, he's not really in this one. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. Empire Strikes Back is that a bad example? Yes. Darth Vader is in it more than than Char is in it. Yeah, like Char shows up in the end in like the cool red mech that he has, which I like those designs a lot, like the water ones. But I don't know, dude. It just it just really doesn't resonate with me. It's that like old Dragon Ball Z art that I'm kind of like eh about. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like an older anime, I guess. Yeah. Like, like this came out in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't synergize with me much at all. Like I think some of the robots look cool, but the plot itself, I, j- I just can't really stand. I-, I just couldn't 
I could barely focus on it. There was like, I remember the purple hair guy falls in love with that one girl. And in the end of it, there's no real resolution with her two siblings. It's she, her ghost just says to him, <laughs> Oh, they'll be fine. I'm like, they are yeah. five and six. It looks like, yeah. I don't think they're going to be fine. <laughs> Maharu. Yeah. yeah like, I thought they'd like get brought onto white base at least. Cause they have weird kids running around. Like you might as well have two more. Like, I was just like, this is really weird. I, um, Amuro, like, leaves the base a couple times. Then he gets put into solitary confinement for a little bit. And he's like, but I'm the best Gundam flyer. And I was like, I don't care. You're crazy. Yeah, Amuro has a bunch of problems. But, yeah. Uh, and then he falls in love with that lieutenant lady and she blows up. I don't does know. Does he? Yeah, he definitely falls in love with her. Like in a way that he's like a teenager. Yeah, he has like a crush on her. And she was like gonna be engaged to someone. <laughs> yeah, he finds out he's engaged. She's engaged to another guy. He's like, oh, and he has like a flashback of her and like a forward, like fake memory of her getting married to him. I think we'll <sighs> go through this movie a little yes. bit just because, like, I uh, hope you enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. You liked it a I lot can more? Make you enjoy it somewhat. Okay, good. Because I have one more of these to watch. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyways, I guess, I don't know. I think we should just run through, like, the plot of this because yeah, hit there's it, no Wikipedia page for this movie <laughs> in particular because technically they're cut downs of the original show. Right. These are all available on Netflix, all three Gundam movies. Um, they're all about two hours, 15 minutes long, and they're dense with stuff going on, and it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's no dubs. So no dubs, I only think it's subs. Just subs on Netflix. So stuff goes by so fast sometimes that I have to like, yeah, just write it down real quick and everything. Mm. But hopefully this will uh, this will be helpful. Yeah, Tyler texted me. He was like, "I hope you're taking copious notes." And I was like, "Well, really?" <laughs> I was being hyperbolic because I know okay. you would just be like, "I'm asleep." <laughs> I'm asleep. I can't bother to be engaged with this movie on our podcast. Hey, I really, really tried. I fast forward, I rewind, rewound it every time to rewatch what I missed. So we find out that, uh, uh, well, no, well, it's like the beginning of this thing is like a recap, basically. What I didn't yeah. know is that Manovsky particles scramble radar, and therefore that's why they need giant mechs to punch each other, because uh, you can't have any uh, long-range combat. Gotcha. Okay. So, so they, need, they need the punching. Yeah. So we kind of pick up from like the end of the the last one, uh, mm-hmm. the last movie, because where you find out that I don't know Amaro landed on Earth and then he like found his mom and then Amaro like killed the guy and his mom's really upset. <laughs> he killed the they're guy. waiting for they're waiting for new types, which is like kind of like an ESP, like they say espers or whatever. It's kind of yeah. like well, like they have like tech, um, telekinetic abilities, kind of like not as literal as they do in like Godzilla, but it's just like they're just really advanced fighters. They can like predict things faster. I took in like faster reaction times and like more acutely able to read the battlefield kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So especially the Federation is talking about new types a lot. It's just like mm-hmm. that's the that's the way of the future. We have to wait for that. And it's just like but some people think it's wishful thinking because they just want the war to be over. Mm-hmm. But uh, the war is just getting bloodier and bloodier because the Federation is fighting against the Principality of Xeon, who are mm-hmm. like separatists and kind of fascistic but they're also like not as powerful as the federation <laughs> no, they, so seem, they still s- seem kind of stupid 
Yeah, I still don't really understand like the whole complex thing. I was trying to go on the Gundam wiki, and it was just like really complex. Oh boy, all the things going on. But I mean, it's like it seems like Zeon has like generally better fighters, mm-hmm. but like actual soldiers. But there's a lot less of them. Yeah, and then like kind of the like Federation has like more advanced robots. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's like you could kind of see it in some ways. It's like the uh, the Union and the Confederates or whatever. Yeah, too, where it's just like the confederacy had some good generals and and leaders and stuff like that and i only mean good in terms of tactics not as people no bad people but you know like some they had some like tacticians on their side and then you know but they just had shitty equipment and were just shitty fighting for a shitty cause yeah but yeah we start in the desert in this one i i i mean what did you think of the uh the biospheres in this movie I, did you like the areas i liked the different settings so i thought that was kind of interesting like i was happy i wasn't just stuck in like a green field the entire time or like space so yeah something huh i was just so i liked the dunes i liked going to like spending some time with the ship even though i think the ship's kind of dull but I like the water planet a lot. I thought that I thought that combat was some of my favorite because I like the water Zeon suits a lot. Um, yeah, and that's something I think that's just I really like about classic sci-fi or whatever, where there's a bunch of different like that's one of the things I like a lot about Star Wars is that <laughs> it's just like oh here's this planet, here's this planet. You go to the Tatooine, Camino. Yeah, they're all uh, just like one big biome. <laughs> Yeah, which I mean, like I mean, the planets. I think they're all on the same planet on in this movie, or am I wrong? I, they are all on the same planet, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But just going to different biomes and stuff. It's like, oh, this goes. Yeah, the desert, the water. There's a jungle mm-hmm. fight and everything. So that's always fun to me. And I, I'm just thinking, crystallizing it now. I'm just like, maybe that's part of what I'm not so engaged with Dune about, other than everybody being very kind of like monotone in a lot of ways. Yeah, the fact that fact that it just takes place in one area. Uh, at least in the movies so far. Yeah, mm. it just all takes place on Arrakis. My um, dune. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's like like everything doesn't need to be set on Tatooine. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Which Star Wars thinks it has to be now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, at least in the Obi-Wan show, apparently he's supposed to go somewhere else. Yeah, he, he looks like he's going to a cool space city. It's like, oh, that'll be cool. You want to buy some death sticks? Yeah, he's just going to load up on death sticks there. <laughs> My exact phrasing was, Yuz wants to buy some death sticks. <laughs> but yeah, they're in the desert. I don't remember his name, but the Zeon general who's got a big mustache. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is pretty cool. He wants to complete the fight to get promoted and be closer to his wife. girlfriend? Wife? I think she's his, his wife? wife. Yeah. So, Sayla takes out the Gundam, which I... <laughs> To prove herself, I guess. Like, why did she do that? She did it because she thought Char, I think, was there. Yeah. So, Sela is Char's sister. Sela slash Artesia. Mm. <laughs> there is a lot of just, like, plot going on in this thing. Yeah. So, I think I think the best way to do this, yes, is just to say all the plot stuff just so somebody who hasn't seen these understands. Because I feel like most people haven't seen these. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think we're smart doing it this way. <laughs> I think we're smart covering these movies. I think we're really smart in general. <laughs> Um, so she gets in trouble and they're like, oh, you're like, you're impounded or whatever. Like you can't do anything because yeah. you took the suit out recklessly and she almost got it blown up and everything. <laughs> yeah, she gets his foot blown off or something, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. But then Amaru uh, has that cool gun where it was like, it had two guns on its shoulder. I thought that one was really tight. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, there's a bunch of different names for things. There's like a, there's a gun parry. There's a gun, uh, the gun Gundam. <laughs> Yeah, gun <laughs> cannon or something like that. There's a bunch of different names. It's just like, it gets really dense. Yeah. 
Hopefully, uh, third episode, we'll have somebody who has a lot of Gundam info. <laughs> I really want that, so I, it can all just be explained to me, and I can be like, oh, it, it, maybe it is good. Yeah. Um, so the general is, gets in the goof suit. <laughs> goof suit. <laughs> I don't know how they pronounce it, but I always read it as goof suit, G-O-U-F, <laughs> and it's... I think that's one of my favorite de- designs in all the uh, the mobile suits. What does that one look like again? That it has like a longer snout or something, doesn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it has like the uh, the like electric whip that can like explode. Oh yeah, that one was cool. Yeah, where okay, he has like the spikes and he's blue. Yeah, yeah, that one yeah, was tight. That's what that's what the general guys uh using, mm-hmm. and I think that's I don't know. I like the design, and I like that that's like a very dangerous specific weapon mm-hmm. that the Federation doesn't have, so it's kind of like counteracts a lot of the things that um, like I don't think the goof suit's as strong as the as the Gundam yeah. either, so it's like it's just fun seeing how they can like It like has the range on the Gundam with the whip. <laughs> yeah, and their designs are so different mm-hmm. but like there's better I mean, it's basically a bunch of like Really skilled people fighting off against a teenager who's pretty like inherently skilled. Yeah, he's but a, he he's doesn't a, have experience. He's a next gen. He's an esper or whatever. So if he just uh, had one uh, like a different suit, he'd probably just blow up a lot earlier, yeah. I guess. Although he's in different suits and he proves himself to be almost just as formidable in them. Yeah, so he ju- he's just a good pilot. <laughs> it's one good pilot. <laughs> Thanks for saying it for me. No prob. <laughs> I just wrote down send back the fat uncle. I guess the fat uncle is one of the ships. The fat uncle. <laughs> That's what the translation was, at least. Interesting. I think I do remember something being called the fat uncle. I was like, that that is an interesting name to call something, the fat uncle. Yeah, and the uh, Xeon troops keep calling it the Trojan horse. It's the same thing as white base. Yep. Which I don't really fully understand why they call it the Trojan horse, because it's like they know it's the enemy ship. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not, not like a it's... distraction. <laughs> Maybe because it was kind of a distraction when they blew up the last lieutenant guy. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, the Tro- <laughs> Maybe they mean the Trojan horse is like, it's a, it houses like white base houses some of the strongest like weapons actually or something like the strongest Gundams they could be referring to in that way. But I don't but yes, know. Yes, they, they they capture one of the Zeon troops, Kozun or Kozun, and he kind of escapes. But then they <laughs> explode him with a rocket launcher as he tries to jump out the hatch. Isn't there's like a guy that looks just like him that almost does the same thing to them later <laughs> yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, like all the lieutenants in Zeon are like very they, mustached and like Portly. middle aged and like stocky and strong. Yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah, like this like, and they're all smarter than them. They're like got spy stuff. <laughs> they just like book it. Yeah, so this is the part where Amuro gets annoying again. Where it's just mm-hmm. like I don't mind it too much because it's like yes, he is like a, a, an annoying teenager. Like he kind of like. He doesn't have his life figured out yet. No. He's just thrust into a war, so he's very like chaotic and like emotionally unstable. Anakin, Anakin, um, Anakin. Exactly. He's very <laughs> Anakin like. And mm. I'm not defending it, but it's like I understand why he's like this, just yeah. because like all all the pressure and everything. He's an impulsive child. Yeah. So Bright wants to give the Gundam to someone else so that uh, Amaro doesn't get a superiority complex, but they talk about this right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, because they think he's, he's sleeping. There. They're like, did you hear all that? And he starts crying. <laughs> so he runs away and steals the Gundam. <laughs> and then he, like, buries it. He I'm buries it with like, just what? his feet, seemingly. I was like, how the fuck did you do this? I think he just crashed into the ground or something. I don't know. Yeah, he probably he did that, it. honestly. I guess. But it's just like, 
how how are they so tolerant of this guy? Like he <laughs> he just stole their most valuable weapon. It's yeah. like what if they get attacked? Like he should be at least court martialed or something. Well, isn't he like, put in solitary but then like immediately let out? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of always a thing. It's like Amro keeps getting in trouble and then they're like, Well, I guess we do need his help and then he like will go and help them. And then he has no further but, uh, punishment. <laughs> yeah. But Amro goes into a, a desert bar. <laughs> that coincidentally all of the Zeon troops come into, including the general. <laughs> oh, Rombal is his name. Rombal. Um, and his wife is like, oh, get like 15 drinks or 13 <laughs> drinks because one's for the kid in the corner. And they burned the flowers that the, sh- that the waiter made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm glad you saw Power of the Dog. <laughs> And then he calls him a little Lord Fauntleroy, and then Amaro slowly kills him with poison. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. Great movie. (laughs) It is great. When are they going to make a sequel? The power of, huh, I don't know, power power of science, power power of poison. The power of the seal. Power of the seal. Nice. They moved to a beachside town. That could work. All right, let's, let's call Benedict. We'll... We'll bring him back as a ghost character. It'll be fun. Hey, Benny. He's a force ghost. Yeah, pretty much. As that haunts the family still. He, With a banjo. He just won't let go. <laughs> uh, Roundball finds out it's him because they capture... Uh, or no, Artesia slash Sela goes... Oh, no. Wait, no, it's Frabo. <laughs> Frab, Frabo, which is a hard name to say. Frabo. <laughs> um, she goes looking for him. Her his original friend from like when all their families blew up. Okay, I knew her as babysitter, so thank you for telling me her name. Yeah, so she goes and finds him. She's like, "Oh, of course, he's looking for food or whatever." So she finds him at the bar, but then she runs into all the Zeon people, and mm-hmm. then he's like, "No, stop! Like, don't bother her." It's like, "Oh, they know each other." And then he like, uh, Romball, menacingly like <laughs> captures his hand and like sees that there's a gun that uh, Amuro was gonna pull on him. Mm-hmm. So now he knows that he is part Federation of the Federation. Mm-hmm. But there's neutral ground in the town, so they're not going to like shoot each other or yeah. anything. Although Amro probably would just to shoot everybody. <laughs> Amro would he's murder every rule. person there given the yeah. opportunity. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like not a good person. Yeah, he, he executes war crimes on a whim. <laughs> yeah, he operates out of fear and uh, <laughs> hatred, I think. <laughs> it's absolutely hatred. We talked about, I think, before recording started about the droids being afraid of the Jedi more so than, like, hating yeah. them. Yeah. And Amuro operates like a Jedi purely on, like, anger at, like, the principality. Not fear. Um. So then White bo- White Boys, White Base, White Boise gets white attacked. Boys. The giant potato in the sky. Right. Um, gets attacked. And then the goof jumps on it, <laughs> uh, but they flip the entire base to to, to send it flying off, and mm. I thought that was pretty cool. That is a good idea. Yeah, it was cool. It's a pretty fun maneuver because mm-hmm. uh, basically everybody on white base is not that skilled. Like they're just basically like trying to survive yeah. every day, and like they're getting better and better. <laughs> like Bright is actually like a really good technician. I, I like I like the translation that in the opening where they're going over is like, and of course white base won because they wanted to survive. I was like, well, everyone wants to survive. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little subjective. Yeah, they survived because they wanted to live. I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
Uh, Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so then Amaro comes just in the nick of time because he's decided to stop being a, a butthead. <laughs> um, and he fights the goof, the lieutenant, or the general, uh, Romball, in the mm. in the goof suit. And they have a big samurai duel, basically. Yeah, that part's cool. And that whole sequence is really cool. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I don't know. I thought some of the visuals are really great in, in this in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there, there's some very, I, I think I said at the start, there's some very striking moments, but then for the rest of the time, I feel very bored. <laughs> yeah, where it's uh, uh, somebody... Oh, I think Amaro cleaves open the goof suit first. Mm. So you just see Romball inside. <laughs> right. And then Romball does the same to him. So they just have like a big V cut in their suits, in the, gun, in the mech suits. So they can just like, they're basically like face-to-face inside of these giant suits. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's good shit. That's good stuff. Like that's a great visual. It's like, oh, I would love to like put this in the movie. I'm like, when they do the live action one, I really hope they do something like this because that's just yeah, like, a that'd great, be great visual. And then uh, the goose suit's gonna explode, so Romball just like <laughs> repels out and like flies into the dirt <laughs> right. and runs away. Like he's just like so skilled. He's like you. You can just tell he's like a professional like yeah. s- soldier with like decades of experience. And he's he's just, one like, of the best. Oh. I liked him a lot. I was like, this yeah. guy's cool as hell. <laughs> Yeah, it starts to make me feel bad for like the Zeon soldiers because like a lot of them are really skilled, and then Amuro just ends up killing them all <laughs> with this like psychopathic child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like I need to know more about the Zeon politics to like feel better well, about them all. It seems killed. like they're like fascist imperialists. To be honest, <laughs> they have like a ruling yeah. family. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're very. They're a lot more monastic, I guess. Yeah. Um. Is that the right word? I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. I'm sure someone will correct <laughs> us. Some straw man, I'm sure. So, uh, Romball joint. Wait, why did I put Samba? <laughs> I put Samba and Romball. There was the Samba r- number. Romball Raw. Oh, Romba Raw. That's why. Romba Raw. <laughs> Romba Raw. I've been saying his name wrong whole, this whole time. Everyone's unsubscribing. Uh, Romba Raw. <laughs> you say everyone ups- they- unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah. They, infl- they infiltrate the uh, the white base again. They're just constantly trying. Like basically, the white base is just trying to get to the next location, and they keep getting attacked on the way. So yeah, it's kind they're of like so a, vulnerable. It's like a slow battle of attrition, and it's kind of like Last Jedi, I guess, where like the sh- right. it's mostly like a ship transport, tr- like trying to get to a location, and people yeah, are getting picked right. off. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time they attack white base on foot, like a bunch of infantry on jetpacks. And I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah. I, I feel like talking about this is so much more fun than watching it happen for me. <laughs> um, yeah. You I say, mean, thing, you say like things so like jetpack fight and like this and that. I'm like, yeah, that part was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Like watching like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff in between, though. <laughs> yeah. There's just like a lot of world building and dialogue and exposition and but I don't know I think all the fight scenes are really great they are um so yeah they all have just jetpack on there because that's how they'll like sneak on to the white mm-hmm. base and they kind of like have like five people infiltrate like not that many people and uh they find out that white base like doesn't have really any re- reinforcements they're like oh all the soldiers are basically kids like that's <laughs> kind of disturbing don't they get found by three children too <laughs> um <laughs> later that later? On, yeah. that's later yeah that's later another infiltration into white base 
but Ramba gets thrown off. He's like doing really well and like just basically like wrecking everybody. And then uh, he sees Sela on the on on white base, and he gets really mm. thrown off. And that exposes his weakness, and he gets shot. And he's just like, damn, like if I was weak, like I got distracted by by Sela being around. Yeah, um, because she is basically Traitor. royalty. Uh, her dad was like her dad and his dad or something were like best friends and generals or something like they Always. basically like originally started uh the principality something like that yeah but uh but anyways he just uh <laughs> he gets into a room and he like blows him he jumps out of the the window and lands in the Gundam's hand and explodes himself i guess <laughs> guess to save face uh cuz he doesn't really do any damage or anything but mm. Yeah, he kind of sees no exit out, so he blows himself up. And yeah. I don't know, Rumble Roll is like pretty interesting in that way. <laughs> yeah, he was really he was a really cool character. It's one of those things like, oh, I'm sad to see you go, buddy. He's like a lot more. Yeah, right. It's like I almost wanted him to like turn around and like be neutral or something. Yeah, like or just lead still like be around a, at least as an enemy because he's very powerful. Yeah, even if he'd be a cool lead like a neutral faction or something like that. That'd be really fun. But he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's more engaging than Amaro for sure. <laughs> Then Amro and sometimes even Char, I would argue. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down a note. This movie is so dense that it's difficult to keep track of every new thing happening. <laughs> yes. Are we going to talk about Purple Hair's story arc? I think that's not yet. Oh, man. Because now they're in the jungle. Right. They end up in the jungle, and then there's like the roller skate mechs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> those are fun. Yeah, those were pretty fun designs, too. Like, they're basically like hover hover feet. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought they were actual like skates, but and they keep doing the jet stream attack against Amro, where there's like three of them, and he has to like time out when to like fight them and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought the design for those mechs was really cool, and like the way they attacked was, was yeah. really dope. Yeah, um, that is tight. Like I said, the fight scenes always stand out as being really cool. And Amro's just—he's just so full of himself, and like bright is <laughs> right. Where he's just like, we don't want him to have a complex. Constantly, like, every adult around him is like, this guy is really good, but he's getting a huge complex. He needs to stop being like this. And he's like, haha, no. <laughs> I'll keep being yeah. this. I'll get worse. <laughs> and he's just like a really good pilot, but then um, Matilda, like the lieutenant, goes out into a ship to like help him. Yeah. And then she she gets hit and like dies. Yeah. Just flying out of out of her uh, one of the uh, roller skate mechs like crashes right into the cockpit of her and she goes flying out and is dead and he's just like so hard on himself or whatever and then later like her fiance, fiance or whatever is just <laughs> like it's like you're so full of yourself you think you're the only person that like you will stop the whole war like this is all about you like he's like yeah you fool <laughs> he's like don't treat yourself that way like you'll drive yourself crazy if you do that yeah i mean i think this is a great series if you are a, t- a teenager and like looking at it where it's just like, oh, I could actually learn something from this. Yeah. You know, or it's, where it's like, like, yeah, maybe don't be so egocentric and like full of yourself. And, like, where we're, we're both all rounding to 30 and we're like, I know this already. <laughs> like Amro yeah. is a jackass. Yeah, but that's what the, I don't know, there's stories for different things, I guess. Yeah, but. exactly. But yeah, we're both just like, we are both those lieutenants and stuff being like, 
you're probably a better fighter than me, but you really need to stop being yeah. so like annoying. Please yeah, you stop need to being sit, like sit a few of these out, maybe like calm the yeah. hell down. Like, I bet you He's can't do like, math as good as uh, one of the navigators. Though. He's like, yes, I actually can. I do everything good. <laughs> it's like, fuck Amaro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's a one a wonderkind, you could say. Oh, wunderbar, wonderkind. <laughs> uh, he's the Paul Thomas Anderson of the Gundam world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, cool. Much like licorice pizza, he has a crush on a woman twice. An older woman. (laughs) Um, Which is normally fine, but. uh, Every man on the base has a crush on her, though. (laughs) They take Um, that big group photo op with her, which I thought was kind of funny. uh, When he, like, thinks about her dying and stuff, he's like, why? What am I fighting for? And he has, like, he still has, like, legitimate trauma. He's just like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to fight. Like, uh, but then just more and more, it seems like he does. Hmm? He loves it. Like in Deep the first, down, he loves it. In the, <laughs> it kind of seems that way because, like in the first movie, he's very traumatized. He's like, I don't want to fight. Like, I don't want to be in this. Mm-hmm. But then they need him. Yeah, he's too young, and they're like, oh, like he's he's really young, but like, we need somebody to help us or whatever. And this one, he's at this point, it seems like this is feels like the last time he'll do this, where he'll mm-hmm. question what why he's fighting and stuff because. I think he kind of just excels and like almost enjoys it to a degree. Yeah, he enjoys the killing, <laughs> the ripping of metal, the tearing out of, of the pilots and does. squishing them, their fleshy parts in his Gundam fists. <laughs> it's like fighting for the quote unquote good guys in the story, but also being a horrible person. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, he will. So, it, it's a story I know he won't lose himself to like this like darkness that's obviously in him. Or, because the show thinks he's doing every decision like really right. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know if it is because it's like that's some of the stuff I appreciate about this uh, these movies as well. Is mm. that it's like not just the fight scenes are really great, the the, uh, the big battle scenes, but also I think there's like a it's a lot more nuanced and gray. It's not as gray as I like personally would prefer, but it's it's not all just like yeah we're the heroes and we're gonna do it. Like yeah, there's so many uh, like shonen jump anime kind of things like. Like you're saying oh, yeah. the other week or whatever. Where like, the protagonist is like so pure that it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. That's its own thing. But it's like, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. It's like actually, it's like thrusting one of those characters into a real conflict. and making Yeah, like a real war. To some degree. <laughs> and then being like, yeah. So, so I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That part's good. I'm, I'm just um, curious if it affects him anymore in the third one. Or like you said, this will be the last time he questions anything. And he'll be like, nope, I'm just fighting for the Federation. I will fight until the... Imperium is dead. Not in the Imperium of Man, that's Warhammer. Until the Principality is dead. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I hope there's like a big. I wouldn't be surprised if the war's not over by the end of the third one, just because oh, no. that's the whole point away. It's just like you can see all of this through the guise of these characters. You follow their story, but they're still not big enough to really do anything to stop yeah. the war. In the grim darkness of the future, there is only war. Yeah. Like, I kind of hope Amro doesn't become, like, a big general or something. That'd be kind of annoying. Yeah, he's, like, the youngest general ever. Like, this decorated war war crime-filled child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Oh, this is the point where they get attacked again. And uh, they're going to get, like, white bases in danger of actually exploding. But then, because, uh, what's her name? Rambaral's wife... Is trying to get vengeance on him from him right. now, mm-hmm. 
and just take care of White Base and blow it up. And she has like the three. She separates the three like jet fighters with the really big, really <laughs> long gun noses that I think are like the most cartoony looking things. Yeah, they are. And she's about to blow up White Base, or uh, is she gonna blow up White Base or 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 Amaro? I forget. Or Amaro tries to stop her. Yeah, she's she blowing kinda... up White Base. Yeah, and then uh, Ryu crashes himself into her ship and kills. And I liked Ryu. Like that was yeah. I was bummed out that he died. <laughs> yeah, it's a big bummer because he's just like a fun guy. He's yeah. nice. He means well. Like he's just and, like a jolly uh, Gundam fighter, and then, and then he killed himself. He's a lot more pure of heart than uh, Amaro. So yeah. Amaro's been touched by the darkness, and there's not really any going back. <laughs> 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 he's accepting the symbiote. <laughs> he's accepting the symbiote, eating it whole. The symbiote of war. Oh god, the symbiote of war. That sounds like a good like Venom comic arc. The symbiote of war. It really um, does. <laughs> yeah. And he gets like traumatized by uh, by Ryu dying. He's like, I couldn't, I could saved him too, basically. And he's just like, yeah. shut up, Amaro. Like, Amaro. Just like, quit, <laughs> quit being like this. <laughs> you annoying. Please stop making everything about you. It's not about you. You're just a part of like this whole conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he makes Ryu's death about himself too. Yeah. And so. then we go to Waterworld, right? <laughs> We do go to Waterworld. <laughs> Kevin Costner is there drinking his urine. <laughs> Delicious. And there's a big stunt show, and it's the stunt show is way better than the movie. Yeah, it's the hit of Universal Studios. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a uh, the uh, Zeon is still following them in an underwater vessel called the Mad Angler. They're relentless. Char finally shows up. Huh? Yeah, that's it. They're relentless. Like they can't stop. For yeah, a they second. truly just like. Or keep keep needling them basically. Like all they can really do is needle them. Mm-hmm. It's but, like death uh, by yeah, a thousand like, cuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're slowly dwindling them down. Every time they try to stop them, they can't. But they keep trying, and just they never give up. Mm-hmm. And there's all these underwater sensors that will detect anything that comes into like the bay. But Zeon has this free gel that like freeze gel that like captures all of the things and kind of just like makes them not detect anything. I was like, that's pretty yeah. smart. That's a cool device. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if there's anything in real like military practice that does that with mines or something. Oh, they're pretty cool. Who who knows? Secret government projects. <laughs> Along with the uh, dolphin warriors. and The dolphin wars, the whale kings, and of course, the sentient jellyfish man. The U.S. military has to keep training dolphin soldiers to uh, fight the aliens of the deep. Ever since Echo the Dolphin came out and revealed all the secrets. I was going to say, ever since Aquaman failed in his mission into the trench, it's up to the dolphin dolphin (laughs) soldiers. (laughs) Excuse me. That's good. Uh, So we're on Waterworld. This is when the children have their special adventure. Very special adventure underneath the ground. <laughs> They're like in the rocks. They're in a cave or something and just running around. Oh no, they don't they don't want to get they don't wanna they wanna stay with white base, but they're like, oh I think some kind of social worker comes like we gotta remove these like five to five to four year olds off your military vessel. And they're like, yeah, they they're wanna like, no, stay. <laughs> like, I don't care what they want. Danger. <laughs> yeah. And the 
what'd you say? Uh, what do you call that? Like that, not healthcare worker. A um, social worker. Yeah, the social worker has to go find them and everything. They're running away and they go into mm. a cave and then they accidentally <laughs> uncover a bunch of Xeon mechs. <laughs> That uh, I like the, desi- the design too, because like yeah, they're underwater mechs, but they also look like moles, kind of. Yeah, to me they remind like big daddies or something. That's why I liked them a lot. Yeah, and they're uh, they're digging around. They remind mm. you of Adam Sandler from Big Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> look at him; it looks just like him. You see uh, Kevin Costner peeing up against a wall with his <laughs> fish son. Oh, <laughs> fish son! In a good Waterworld Big Daddy crossover. We love it. We need it. For the view for the listening eyes, I'm talking about Big Daddies from Bioshock. <laughs> now they know. I'm just they trying know. to confuse everyone. Well, you know, that's what that's what we're all here for, to confuse each other. But <laughs> it's uh, But yeah, you know, that's a cool fight. I like that Char's mech is super duper fast. Like that's his whole gimmick here. All his mechs are fast, but you know, I thought that was cool. His mech is fast, but I think he's also just really great at operating it too. Yeah. Like, Armor was actually like, scared when he fights him every time, which I'm like, I like this. Like, Char's still a better pilot than he is. Yeah, and every time they see a red, he's like, red mech? Mm-hmm. Is that Char? Like, that's his, like, <laughs> like iconography. Who, who else would it be? Who else Who else other than the red comet piles a red mech here? But uh, the purple-haired guy, whose name I can't remember, <laughs> he's kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of a weirdo. He is a weirdo. Like that much. I think he's supposed to be comic relief, but he isn't funny. <laughs> He's more kind of a little creepy than anything. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, Maharu is this woman who is trying to sell all the Federation soldiers things as they land in port. Mm-hmm. And then the purple hair guy. Uh, he gets oh, shore insane. leave or something or threatens to quit. Yeah. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I just figured he has shore leave. I think it's both. Yeah. Like he threatens he to quit shore and shore leave. Because <laughs> literally he says, I quit. Or something, and then Bright says he's quitting, but I'm calling it shore leave. <laughs> and then he goes down to the planet and then comes back like nothing happens. So oh, he must yeah, have yeah. that not makes really more quit. sense because Maharu is also like, Oh, are you like part of the military or not? And he's like, Oh, I left technically or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. It's a, it's an odd conversation. Like, hey, he's, he says, Hey, you get on my nerves and I don't like you, but you're one of us. And he goes, Thanks, Amaru. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Talk about new types more, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, he befriends Maharu and like stays at her house, and he ha- she has a younger sibling, and she has uh, two siblings, sibling. yeah, younger son, uh, younger son, younger brother, younger daughter. <laughs> this is my younger son. <laughs> <laughs> their their parents died, yeah, um, and she is paid by the Principality of Zeon to go sneak onto the ship. She's paid in advance from a pretty cool-looking spy guy. I'm like, yeah. that's a pretty like typical, uh, like that's a pretty like I like it's like a standard um, visualization of a spy. I think that I think is cool. Or it's like yeah. not, I don't know. It felt felt more realistic, is what I'm trying to say. Versus mm-hmm. like I'm a spy, but like yeah, he not has James a Bond kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not James Bond. He it's has more like, Metal Gear. Kind of like <laughs> it is more Metal Gear, yeah. <laughs> it's got kind of like a receding hairline and like a mustache and stuff, and like looks cool and glasses. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, uh, he pays her in advance, like a bunch of gold pieces or whatever. <laughs> she leaves it with her young siblings and then goes on to White Base to infiltrate it. And the sister um, says, "You smell like mom." Yeah, 
I did write that down. Which is weird. <laughs> traumatizing. Yeah, very traumatizing. Um, One of the reasons why that made me say, these kids aren't going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, like they need somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. She's on there. They get attacked again <laughs> by Xeon. Um, they launch the Gun Parry, which is basically just like a transport ship mm-hmm. that uh, Purple Hair Man is piloting. And then Maharu is on there, too, to help. Basically, he finds out... Well, before that, he finds out that she's a spy. Yeah. There's a civilian plane that lands, but it was really just to transport information to Xeon to know how to attack them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then the, they launch the Gun Parry because it's all they really have. And then Maharu goes down. He's like, no, it's too dangerous. She goes down, launches the missiles, finds a way to do that. It basically just carries giant missiles that get launched and <laughs> hit the underwater ship, the uh, Mad Angler. Mm-hmm. And uh, she gets she uh, the way she dies is pretty compelling to me. Like it's 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 very indirect, and I like that she doesn't mm-hmm. get like blown up by a giant missile or shot or anything. She uh, launches the missiles and then gets launched off of the ship with her uh, from the blowback of like, yeah. just the rockets rocketing by, mm-hmm. and she just falls off the ship and basically probably lands in the ocean or something. But she's dead. Yeah, very dead. And then her ghost comforts purple hair, though. Yeah, all that I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I guess I mean that's all in his head and his yeah. perspective. But that was like very like typical uh, anime stuff, where it's just like, "Don't worry, you'll be okay. We'll all be fine." Dying is never to, worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like bittersweet, like little monologue, but it's not. It's like uh, his her her kid her uh, siblings are not going to be okay. No. They won't be okay. They live in like a war torn area of the world. Somebody's gonna stumble across them and take all the gold they have and leave them for dead. It's gonna be yeah, very probably. grim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, in the grim darkness. Gundam. Yeah. <sighs> and uh yeah, are, are we at the last part of it with the, the children adventure and the char fight? Yeah, I think after all of that. This is when they're the lieutenant, whatever, the military leader at the base is like, we'll right. give Ryu a po- posthumous three rank promotion. Kind oh, of unheard right. of for and his he heroic, hates that. <laughs> for his heroism. And then Armo's like, what? That's all you're going to give? He's dead. And it's just like, I don't know. He said it was pretty unprecedented. Like, yeah. and Armo's like really mad. He's like, these promotions are shit. Yelling at his superior, and everyone is just like always frustrated with Amuro because like they should just probably. F- I mean, I keep saying they should probably just throw him lock, like throw him in jail or something. But they keep doing that and then letting him out. So <laughs> yeah, right. he gets a hard slap across the face, <laughs> which he dodges the first time, and the general guy gets really upset about. <laughs> How dare you dodge? <laughs> Damn espertines! Um, <laughs> espertines! <laughs> My expertise is being expertine. So, yeah, basically, they're just trying to fix White Base while they're in port. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a ship. It's a spaceship. Their next mission is to capture Solomon, which I guess is a planet or base or something <laughs> of Zeon. And this is what the general briefs them on. It's like, when Solomon falls, Zeon will come to us with a peace treaty. Basically, if White Base takes down Solomon, Solomon they Rundy. think Zeon will negotiate peace which i highly doubt and yeah i feel <laughs> like a lot blow of people up are solomon <laughs> yeah 
and there's the new there's a new lieutenant guy that comes on board mm. federation guy who yes. is annoying and a creep also but <laughs> he seems experienced so i guess that's why they send him on there but yeah. he immediately to like ensign ensign mariah is like boy am i lucky to be on a flight with a pretty lady like you it's just like okay <laughs> it sucks and she says thanks <laughs> yeah like um, oh, so yes, the kids do find the self-mechs. Mm-hmm. All that char stuff happens. And then the small children look for bombs. <laughs> I forgot about this. And then the small children look for bombs. <laughs> Bomb diffused. They're like, oh, we can't find it. And there's like some parts where they like ran right by one. I'm just like, oh my God. If this scene ends with a child exploding from a bomb, this is too much. Like, I don't think I can handle this. Oh. <laughs> they sent the children to look for bombs. So all the, ki- the three kids find all the bombs, I guess, and they throw them in a wagon outside. <laughs> um, but And then they drive vehicles until Amara finds them. It's like, hey, you should let me drive this. You're like five years old. You're like, okay! That was probably the bleakest part of this whole movie is Very when true. the kids are looking for all the bombs planted on the Gundams. Oh my god. <laughs> it's really bleak. Truly like the last part, then the social be like, I guess you could stay. And the kids are like, yeah! Yeah. God. Should give them a, a three rank promotion. <laughs> I agree. At this point, the least bomb disposal squad or something. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Is so, that the end? <laughs> well, basically, uh, Sela comes face to face. Sela slash Artesia comes face to face with her brother Char right. for like a brief moment. Char slash Casval. Is that, that when that so- uh, is that when that really uplifting song is playing when like they're getting like totally smashed by the by what's called by the principality? Oh. Yeah, that was the uh, that's the Soldiers of Sorrow theme song. Oh right, <laughs> I-, I like that song a lot. I liked it too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very it's like eighties music. Yeah, I'm like I they're put, getting yeah, like their the butts song. kicked. <laughs> I like the song playing in the final defense fight. Yeah. I mm-hmm. guess later on it was replaced and it was like re-released in like 2000. It was replaced with something uh, without lyrics. Mm-hmm. It was like instrumental and more somber. No, yeah. I, I like I like the very upbeat thing. I thought it was very jarring and fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they finally defend it and they get out of there. <laughs> They're leaving the port town and they see... A sunset and birds flying away with them. Yeah, they go it's beautiful. Like, oh, that's a very idyllic scene. But it's like it did make me think. It's like someone in Zeon could see the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I like that it's not just like rebels and empire in the Gundam world. Like, I guess the Federation are better people. Yeah, <laughs> ideologically, but still <laughs> nowhere close to perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, Todd. That was very poignant. Like, someone in Zeon could be seeing the exact same thing. That's really good. Um, Yeah. I mean, every human likes to see, a, like, it's a beautiful scene to anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't demonize the Zeon troops in these movies in, in, in any way where they're just like, yeah. It's they're true. very human as well. Yeah, so. I've yet to see a single one that's, like, cartoonishly villainous. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess Char is the most. But yeah, I mean, Char like, literally likes... wears a, a Batman helmet. <laughs> yeah, he likes to play it up, I think. Yeah, he's a showman, though, I feel like, more so than anything. Not the greatest showman. That's reserved for Hugh Jackman. For Hugh Jackman. Like, if I was on, like, a Gundam War Force team, I'd totally, like, wear war point paint and, like, have a big scary hat. So, like, when people would see me, like, oh, no, that's the dragon of the wing serpent. He's going to eat us all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the movie kind of ends similarly to near the end of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> Where <laughs> everyone's um, looking out a window. Yeah, they're looking out a window. Casval and Artesia are looking out. There's like two single shots on them, and mm-hmm. it's as if they're looking at each other, kind of like Luke and Invader. I will find you, brother. <laughs> yeah. And they go into space to go take Solomon in the third movie. Ah. Uh, and and who it. knows? Um, yeah. What yeah, a- there's a lot going on in these movies. I wish Truly. there was maybe four or five of them, and they were shorter. Yeah, if these were maybe, like, an hour and, like, an hour and a half, I'd be really cool with them, I feel like. The fact that they're two hours and, like, some change every time is a lot. Yeah, I watch this in three chunks. Mm, that's smart. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did me describing it make you like it anymore, Connery? <laughs> you know, we go over the best parts, I feel like, but then I remember, like, the parts in between, <laughs> so I'm like... I definitely the parts I, I you talked we we talked about I'm like I like those parts and then I remember the parts that I didn't like and it still makes me not really enjoy the series that much. Yeah, what would you what would you give this? I guess <sighs> out, out uh, of five out of five, I I'd, I'd give it like a two point five maybe. Like it's just something I wouldn't Damn. bother watching again and, and probably something I will forget about. Yeah, I don't you? know the next time I'll watch these again, um, but I did enjoy it. That's I basically good. gave it a four out of five because that's, okay, there's that's a lot great. Of like, there's a lot of slow parts, but anytime there's a battle scene, the visuals are just so cool and mm-hmm. very inspiring that I'm like, oh, I'd love to like incorporate this in a big mech movie somehow. Like it's <laughs> too specific, but I just think that like there's some really great visuals. Yeah. Um, the characters are pretty dynamic. Amaro is annoying, but he is a dynamic character. And I yeah. find that he's a lot more interesting than if he was just like, oh, I, I'm just like a good guy and stuff. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. There's a uh, lot of high drama, which I appreciate. It's very yeah, and you, melodramatic. And usually I'm, I am a big fan of the melodrama. I just don't know why this isn't like sticking with me at all. It's very strange. I'm like, I should like these things, but I'm just having a really hard time connecting with the characters. Do you think it's like a subs thing at all, or? I don't think so, because I I watch like My Hero Academia sub, and I love that show. Yeah. And like I don't know, I watched Dragon Ball Z Super subbed. I watched so I don't I don't think subs are the problem. Like I don't feel a disconnect to everyone when I watch a subtitled movie. Is uh is Super subbed uh better than like the English version? Super Super subbed. Is oh <laughs> oh Dragon Ball Super. Sandwich. <laughs> yeah um you know i like i actually i think i prefer the english ones because i i just grew up with the the dub version that is i grew up with that vegeta voice and that goku voice so it just feels very familiar to me yeah and i think the vegeta ja- or the goku japanese one just sounds very weird or <laughs> he has a much higher voice than like his like you know dub guy that does it 
where I'm like, yeah. where I'm like, oh. um, but you know, I, yeah, I just I don't know why. It depends for me because like the way I watch a lot of things, like sometimes I'm usually doing something else at the same time mm-hmm. or like writing notes for this show. Yeah. Um. So I guess like I maybe I would have been more engaged if it was dubbed, and like I know that's like a big conflict in the anime audience world Truly. where it's just like oh you should always watch subs over dubs um mm-hmm. and some dubs are legitimately horrible but uh i just feel like they would have subs for, or dubs for this at some point because it's like pretty historically relevant at least you know i agree i, I was kind of surprised they didn't dub this at all anywhere no stop that but uh it did yeah it did make it kind of disengaging at points where i'm just like okay i have to read this like the screen and they, they are do talk about a lot of stuff like i don't know this sounds really ignorant but they no, <laughs> they do talk it, about a lot of plot and exposition really quickly and like okay, and i can't like wiki any of it really on wikipedia at least to like follow the basic plot and i'm just like okay i gotta yeah, go look up the first year war is this the first year war on the gundam <laughs> wiki i think this is because there's like eight different wars on the gundam wiki so it didn't make it easy basically yeah like you know I, and that's the thing having to look all that stuff up too is kind of exhausting to me where I'm like, I just want to watch the movie. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I don't want to look up lore for like every single thing that's going on. Yeah, it's definitely, I I think these movies do a great job at building a world that is very fascinating, just like Star Wars. It's like, oh, I want to know all about all the different Gundams and stuff, but it gives you like that machine head perspective on it too, where it's just like, like no wonder they made a bunch of miniatures and models yeah. and stuff that people love because putting them together is really cool and it makes you feel like more connected to the big mech suits and stuff. It's just like, yeah, yeah I built this like M- MS series, blah blah blah. <laughs> like, like I almost want a goof suit now, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's uh, this podcast I sometimes listen to called Friends of the Table, where one of the guys did like a full like Gundam style campaign, and I was and he it he wrote some dense ass lore where i was just like it kind of blew me away but it was so exhausting that i stopped listening to it yeah where i was like someone could really like dig into this and have like such a fun time but i was like oh my god i have no idea what's going on anymore yeah i think there's just like growing pains with these early mobile suit gundam with these early gundam movies because like i've seen some of the later ones and it was like a lot easier to pick up yeah but that's good I don't know. They're also just like building the lore and everything. And Niles. He's being very bratty right now. I'm sorry. He's like, I'm running out of things to do. There. All right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Keep in the squeaky toy. (laughs) Yeah, right. You can really pick it. I already picked up on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, what was this thing? Oh, no, it's just like, yeah, there's like, yeah, like Star Wars is so easy to pick up. I guess I'm just comparing it so much because they came out similar times, too. Yeah. Um, but it, Star Wars is really easy to pick up, and then you can build off the lore from there. But then this is like, oh, no, there's it's just inherently more technical because they're talking about machines and conflicts and war, whereas Star Wars is very simplified. There's the Force and there's... Good and evil, basically. <laughs> the Force, the Jedi, all of it. <laughs> yeah, so this is what comes with like having a more complex perspective on war. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's but, true. <laughs> it's very true. It's very nuanced in that respect. I will give it that. But uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It makes me look forward to more. I know you're not, but <laughs> I'll drag you along either way. I'll come, you know. I'm down for anything. You know me. <laughs> like I said, maybe the third one will click, and I'll be like, oh, this is great. So I, I'm hopeful. Every time we do a new episode of this, I'll launch the rockets, and you'll get flown off from the impact force. <laughs> I'll just, like, no. I'm just, she's, like, screaming. I'm just, like, Blakely, like, falling to my death. <laughs> Just straight um, face. <laughs> what was your favorite mech suit in this? The Char's red uh, underwater mech suit is my favorite one. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I guess mine's mine's the goof suit because yeah. <laughs> I, I said a million times. And it's in so many different Gundam things, but I just hmm. I just think it's a lot of fun. No, it's really rad. That's a good suit too. Is there anything else you want to add, I guess, before uh before we, we wrap up? it up? Um you know, not really. I hope I like the third one. I'm. I really want this to click really bad. It's honestly been a series that I've really wanted to watch and really wanted to enjoy, and so it's really disappointing to me personally that I'm not having the best time watching them for whatever reason. So I am having high hopes going into the third one that something will click, and I'll be like, and I'll really enjoy the third. So I guess that's my notes. What about you? Um. Yes, it's like the animation style is older because it's from like the early '80s and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's having a factor. I'm not not to. Maybe I don't know, but maybe not because I know you watch other stuff. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I do appreciate. I don't know what my final thoughts are. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) I have no thoughts. My final thoughts on this are, I think it was a pretty good, like, middle installment. Um, nice. I could have used, like, a little... Like, I think the generals did a pretty good... The Xeon generals did a pretty good job, or lieutenants, whatever they are. A mm-hmm. good, like, way of being minor antagonists when there's yeah. no char, but I could have used a little bit more of him, like, throughout, just, like, slowly building his plan or something. He kind of just shows up at the end. With, like, every time they fail, he goes, it's just all according to plan. Don't you see? You made a hole in the base <laughs> yeah. just the right size for a Gundam to fit in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like Palpatine, basically. <laughs> Good. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I hope Char's in the third one a lot. I have a feeling he is. And oh, yeah. I hope there's a lot of chaos and bloodshed in the third one. Because I feel like there will around, be. I feel like it's going to be the most intense chapter. I need to learn a lesson. <laughs> Char needs to kick his ass like out of suit. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. It's good enough middle installment, and uh, we'll have to come back for the third one, whoop which whoop. is called uh, not lost in space. <laughs> not lost in space. Gundam three, encounters in space. Encounters in space. Hmm. Yeah, I almost was Soldiers of Sorrow was the name of the third one. <laughs> Soldiers of Sorrow is a pretty great subtitle, I would it's say. It's a really good one. Oh, well. Encounters in Space oh. it is, then. <laughs> Connor, do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You probably enjoy Starship and Paula. It's an actually role-playing game podcast where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. You can pick us up on the SoundCloud app or on Apple Podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vice. Uh, just cause 
<laughs> and follow us at Franchise Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, uh, for any new p- posts and social media that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, I like to. I recently put up some Pierce Brosnan pictures. That was fun. They're very good. <laughs> uh, email us at the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, uh, compliments, concerns, uh, questions. Questions with the recommendations. <laughs> yeah, what you want to see. Yeah. Uh, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us grow the show. Thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork and Nick Viverka for our music. And until next time, for all of the soldiers we lost in Operation Odessa, as an expression of our sorrow, all hands salute. Oh. <laughs> uh, here we go. Talk to you.